we are reading in the New Testament Scriptures, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3, and if you're using the Church Bible, it's page 1065, page 1065, John chapter 3, and we read uh, from verse uh, 1. We have been singing there of going up to Jerusalem in the Old Testament context, going up to the church. And here we find in this uh, chapter, the Lord Jesus is indeed in Jerusalem, the earthly Jerusalem. And he's there for one of the great feasts that we just mentioned, the Passover, that reminded um, the Old Testament church of how they had been saved uh, through and they are saved through the shedding of the blood. Uh, the Lamb, um, in the Old Testament, signifying Jesus, the Lamb of God. And in that context, we read then, in chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know. And we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven, except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, 
because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Amen. Well, let us stand as we call upon God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, we thank you that you are the God who has revealed yourself. And we have been reading this evening of your supreme revelation of yourself in your Son, who has come down from heaven. We thank you that he came uh, at the time that you had appointed, in the fullness of time, 2,000 years ago. We thank you that he came in the way that you appointed, born of the Virgin Mary, conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, so that he was both man and God. Two natures in the one person. We praise you, Lord God, that he was both man and God. Because it was man who had sinned, and it had to be a man who would pay the ransom for sin. But, O oh Lord, we know also that no one can please you. And, O oh Lord, we thank you for the holy life of the Lord Jesus, that he lived on this earth, by which he pleased you. We thank you that he was also God, fully and eternally God, equal with the Father in power and in glory. And we worship you that God came to earth, because there was none other that could deliver man out of the sin into which he had fallen, except the one who had made him. And so we thank you that Christ, the one who created all things by your authority, that he himself came to this earth in order to seek and to save that which was lost. This evening, Lord God, as we come before you in worship, we confess our sin. We pray that we would know and understand our sin as you know and understand our sin. We live in a day and generation when the very word itself has fallen out of the vocabulary of many people. And people talk about errors. They talk about mistakes. Uh, they talk about uh, these words that are general and that are really without meaning. And they do not show the personal responsibility and the personal accountability that we each have for our actions and that we each have to you. So Lord, give us increasingly uh, an awareness of our sin. Give us also understanding of the way of salvation that we would know it 
in our heads and in our hearts, that we would rejoice in it more and more. And we thank you today for Jesus. We thank you that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We pray that you would bless us now as we come to consider this passage for a brief time. And as we pray for your blessing to be upon our meeting here this evening, we pray for your blessing to be upon the other churches of our town, of the district, of our land, the churches of the earth. And, O Lord, we ask that in those churches there would be that knowledge of Christ as prophet, as priest, as king, as the one in whom we have salvation. May he be lifted up in all his glory, in all his saving power throughout the earth. For when he's lifted up, he will draw sinners to himself. In Jesus' name, Amen. How many birthdays do you have? I'm not asking you what age you are. I had his father used to say, I've had too many birthdays. And he meant uh, he was getting older. I'm not asking you what age you are, but how many birthdays do you have? Each year, the Queen has two birthdays. Uh, or celebrates two birthdays would be a more accurate way to put it. Her actual date of birth, the 21st of April, uh, 86 years ago or thereabouts. Um, and then there is her official birthday on the first or second Saturday in June, uh, when she comes into the public uh, and now celebrates it, with the nation of which she is head. And of course, that glorious ceremony, ceremony, the tripping of the colour. She has only one birthday, but she celebrates it on two days. One publicly and one privately. Can a person have two birthdays? Yes, they can. They can, according to the Bible. Uh, and we need to have two birthdays. And many of you here this evening have two birthdays. So how can a person have two birthdays? Well, the Christian has two birthdays. The day on which he or she was born physically coming forth from their mother's womb. And that's the only level at which Nicodemus can understand the concept of a birthday. And this physical birth brings us into the realm of earthly life and experience. The second birthday is the day in which the Christian or they, uh, he or she was born spiritually. 
born of God. And that's the birth that Nicodemus doesn't understand. And that's the birth that Jesus seeks to explain to him and to impress upon him as being so necessary to enter the kingdom of God. And this spiritual birthday, this being born of God, being born again as it's called sometimes, or being born from above, it brings us into heavenly life and into a heavenly experience and a heavenly inheritance. And so as each one of us has been born physically into earthly life and earthly experience, the Bible teaches us we need a second birthday when we're born into a heavenly life, a spiritual and eternal experience, which enables us to live with God, not only now, but forever and ever. So how many birthdays do you have this evening? One or two? Well, why do you and I need a second birthday? Why do we need this spiritual birthday? Well, our text tonight uh, for the calendar this month is John chapter 3 and uh, verse 3. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Unless he has two birthdays. Unless he has a second birthday would be a more accurate way of putting it. Our text comes directly from the lips of Jesus. And he spoke it to a very religious man. This man attended church every time the church doors were open. He was sure to be there. And when the church doors weren't open, this man was following his religion uh, devoutly uh, and carefully in his home. This man is actually, we're told, a religious teacher. And he's a member of the ruling or the overseeing body in the church. We would say today, one of the elders in the church of 2,000 years ago. And it was to this man that Jesus spoke these words. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And in the original language it's turned around the other way for emphasis. Except or unless a person be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And then later in verse 5, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless a person is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So why do we need uh, two birthdays? Why do we need a second birthday? Well, you see tonight from the order of the service, 
And the rear side, that I want to give two reasons from this passage. One from verse 3, and the other from verse 5. Uh, and if you're following uh, the notes on the rear side of this order service, I'm going to switch the order actually. Two's going to become one, and one's going to become two. Sorry. I'm a bit confused state today, so you've got to forgive me for this. So, why do we need a second birthday? Why does a person need to be born again? Why do they need to be born of God? Because of our spiritual darkness. Or, if you want to put it like this, because we are spiritually blind. Or you could say, because we lack spiritual understanding. What does Jesus say? Except a person is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that word see in verse 3 has to do with understanding. We talk like that, don't we? Um, There's something a child doesn't understand, or maybe there's something you don't understand, you're going to, you go to your car mechanic, uh, and uh, he's talking to you about some um, matter that needs fixed on the car, uh, and you say to him, uh, and you look puzzled, and then he starts and he explains it again, again, and they say, right, okay, now I see. I see what you mean. You see, it's, I understand what you mean. So, no one can see, no one can understand the kingdom of God unless he is born again. This man, Nicodemus, he understands a huge amount. He understands that God made the heavens and the earth. He understands that God revealed himself in the Old Testament uh, to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and right the way down to this man Nicodemus' own day. God has revealed himself. This man understands so much of that. This man has an understanding of the place of the moral law, the Ten Commandments in his own life. This man has an understanding that his life needs to be devoted to God. But this man, there's many things he does not understand. Look at what Jesus says in verse 10. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? He understands many things. But he doesn't understand the one crucial and central thing. The need to have a second birthday. The need to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. You see, he is blind. His understanding is darkened. And why is that? Well, we go right the way back to the beginning of Scripture, the book of Genesis. And early on there in the third chapter, we learn of something that happened to the first man and the first woman in the Garden of Eden that meant that their understanding of God became darkened. 
And they no longer walked with God. Yes, they still knew that God existed. And when God came and, and made himself felt, his presence felt in the garden in the evening of the day, they hid from God. But they didn't know God in a personal way. They didn't know God in a way as their friend, as the one uh, to whom they were reconciled, the one with whom they had fellowship and enjoyment. And why had they lost that? Because they had all of that in the beginning. It was because of the sin that they had committed. When they ate of the fruit of the tree, uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. And at that point they lost everything that they had in terms of knowing God and being right before God. And now they were sinners in his sight and now they were under his judgment and wrath. And that's the reason why this man Nicodemus does not understand the kingdom doesn't see the kingdom of God because of that sin and that darkness, that blindness that entered into the human race through Adam and Eve. And that's still our problem today. Every man and woman born once having a birthday from a woman and coming forth into earthly life and earthly experience is born in darkness, blindness, not right with God, born in a state of sin and deadness and darkness. But unless God removes our spiritual darkness, unless He removes the spiritual darkness which um, Nicodemus has here, he will not see the kingdom of God. He will not understand it. And this act of God, whereby he takes away our spiritual darkness, our blindness, our lack of understanding, our lack of, of knowledge of God, this act is called being born again. Being born from above. In other words, it's God implanting light in us. That's why it talks here, uh, and, and Jesus talks here about darkness and about light in verses 19 and 20 and 21. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. We need to come into the light. We need to have light shining upon our hearts so that we see God in His holiness and we see ourselves in our sinfulness. And so, you and I and all men and women need the new birth. We need the second birthday experience. Because we lack spiritual understanding. We are living of ourselves in spiritual 
darkness. But then secondly, let's see how we need a second birthday because we lack spiritual life. Because we lack spiritual life or because of our spiritual deadness. It's not just that we don't understand these things. Um, it is also that we cannot enter of ourselves. Look at verse 5. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. No one can enter except a man, except a woman, is born of water and the Spirit. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. Unless those two, um, those two um, uh, matters or those two experiences come together, the Word and the Spirit, those two realities come together, a person cannot enter the kingdom of God. We might put it like this. Let's imagine a large door. And it's the door into the kingdom. There's a no entry sign that hangs over it. A no entry sign. And that is because of our spiritual deadness. And the only key that will unlock that door of the kingdom of God to Nicodemus or to us is the new birth. The new birth. You see, this man, Nicodemus, like many of his fellow Jewish leaders, he's making a crucial mistake. This man thinks, if I live a good life, I'll enter the kingdom of heaven. If I know the scriptures, I will enter the kingdom of heaven. If I pray three times a day, I will enter the kingdom of heaven. If I fast numerous times during the week, I will enter the kingdom of heaven. If I make sure that my life is not like the tax collectors and the sinners, those people that are on the edge of society and dabbling in all kinds of evil, if I keep myself away from those things, I will enter the kingdom of heaven. The reality is, he won't. He won't. No matter how much he prays, no matter how much he fasts, no matter how much he reads the Bible, no matter how much he goes to church, no matter how much he teaches, no matter how much he ties his money and the very herbs that grow in his garden, none of those actions will enable him to enter the kingdom of heaven. He will enter the kingdom of heaven only as the Spirit of God 
using, yes, the word of God, creates life inside him. So that not only does he understand now that God is holy and he is a sinner, but now he's enabled also to reach out to God in Christ. And he says, I repent of my sin. I turn from my sin. And I believe in the Christ to be the one whom God has sent. Notice how Jesus emphasizes the importance of believing again and again. Verse 12, I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Then verse 16, whoever believes shall not perish. Verse 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned. And right the way through to the end of this section, Jesus emphasizes Nicodemus. You've got you've to have this new birth. You've got to have this work of the Spirit of God in your life so that you believe in the one whom the Father has sent. You and I, we need a second birthday. Why? Because we lack spiritual understanding. We can't see the kingdom of God. And also because we lack spiritual life. No matter what we do, we can't enter the kingdom of God until the Holy Spirit of God, through the Word, brings us to Christ in repentance and in faith. Let me begin let me, sorry, let me end where I began this evening. How many birthdays do you have? Can you say tonight, I was born once of my mother. And I was born again of God. That's what's needed, my friends. That's what's needed. What a glorious thing it is to be able to say tonight, the grace of God. I've been saved. Born again. But if you've not been born again yet, what are you to do? Are you to sit back and say, I can't do anything? Powerless. And I shouldn't worry about it. And just get on with life. And it's up to God. Well, you are powerless. Who doubt about that? But this means you've got to put yourself under the Word. Open the Bible. Read it. Devour it. Because it is in the Scriptures and through the Scriptures that the Spirit of God brings this life. So don't just go out of here and get on with life. Go out of here resolving tonight that you will read the scriptures because in the scriptures 
we have the word of eternal life, Christ himself. Amen. Let's pray ahead. Father in heaven, thank you for your great mercy to us because we are those who in Adam are spiritually blind. We do not understand the kingdom of God. And in Adam, we are spiritually dead. We're in the prison of our own sin. And O oh God, we thank you for that work of grace that you have wrought in many of our lives here this evening whereby you have given us a second birthday to celebrate. For we can look back and we can give glory to you because just as our mother brought us into this world without any contribution from us, so you have brought us into heavenly life and heavenly experience without any contribution from us. You've caused us to be born again. And just like the child when it's born and brought into the world by its mother, so it cries out, We, Lord God, also being born of your Spirit, brought into life and light by your Spirit, cried out in repentance and faith to you. Lord, bless your word to our hearts. And we pray for any here this evening who do not have yet a second birthday, that they would know that this is the most important experience that they need to have, and that it is found in you alone. Enable them to read the Scriptures, for the Scriptures make us wise unto salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.